Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas, and I have been holding on this episode for so, so long because I want to end the year on a high note. I don't know when this episode's going to air, if ever. <laughs> um, uh, last, uh, when I stopped taking a break and I went, oh, I have all these game shows I want to talk about and never got the chance to... One game show just haunted me for, like, years and years and years, and I never got a chance to just talk about the show until right now. And it's a bit challenging because it's a very simple game show. So I've been holding off on this one, even though it is literally one of my favorite game shows of all time. And I mean that sincerely. Like, when it comes to the history of game shows, this one has started since, the like, I think the 1960s. Oh, no, no, 1950s in CBS in primetime. And then it went around its way in the 70s. Uh, there was a reboot in the 2000s. Uh, they had one on uh, over on the Discovery Family Channel, also known as The Hub. Uh, it is called Beat the Clock. Beat the Clock is also well known if you are a fan of the UK game shows because that was the game show that got Bruce Forsyth his start in the entertainment business. But today, and only because I don't have that much time, I'm going to be talking about simply the American edition of Beat the Clock. Beat the Clock is live. I can't go into like what's the genre of show. It's a stunt show. Basically, there is you know like Double Dare has the physical challenges. Beat the Clock is nothing but those physical challenges. That's the simplest way to describe the show. There's no trivia except for when that weird shuffle around script game at the in the end of the black and white era um but it is without a doubt one of the best game shows ever made uh of course this is the game show that gets compared to things like minute to win it which was like a million dollar version that beat the clock but i would say minute to win it isn't as messy as beat the clock beat the clock had cream pies as early as the 50s so like again Double Dare basically said, what if the physical challenges were beat the clock stunts, and they just went on with it. And if you just want the beat the clock, like like those little physical challenges from Double Dare, this is your show. The catch is, because it's simply put a stunt show, it is um, really easy to I explain. They do the stunts, if they complete it, they win, if not, they lose. Uh, the challenges are sometimes using household items, like having to whack balloons into a laundry basket, all the way to trying to uh, untie a tie without using your hands, all sorts of weird, ridiculous challenges, water seltzers to knock out rubber ducks, while your husband is, is has it right on his mouth, like something like that, with a popsicle stick. And it is just a wacky little show. Uh, so the, the reason I am a little scattered when talking about Beat the Clock and because, uh, I haven't really gotten around to it is because there's so many different eras of Beat the Clock. Uh, I, I hate to go into like, let's go round by round. So I'm going to start with the Minutia version, the I Believe version, and then we'll go from there. This is one of the all-time classic game shows 
um, because this was a Mark Goodson, Bill Todman production. Everyone knows Goodson Todman. They are fa famous for, even though they had, have had trivia shows, shows that in the midst of the game show scandals uh, could be played and you can't really say you've cheated on. Uh, and the, 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 and for something like Beat the Clock, it's not. There's no trivia. It's skill. It is throwing something into something. It is figuring out a little puzzle. It is putting on a hat attached to a fishing pole. I, I mean, we could spend hours and hours talking about all the different physical challenges. And if you've ever seen any variant of Beat the Clock or any variant of Double Dare, you've pretty much seen. God knows how many different challenges. Pop the balloon with shaving cream in it with a little push pin on top of your head. Things like that are practical on the show. Some of them are very silly, like a plate stacking with saucers and they start smashing. It, it, it gets ridiculous, some of these challenges. Uh, the first host that I remember is Bud Collier. Uh, everyone remembers Bud Collier, especially, especially if you are a DC comic fan like myself, because he was the original Superman. He is the radio Superman, and this was his follow-up gig. So in the long history of actors hosting game shows, he's one of the hallmarks. You should really pinpoint as to why that is common. I, I think a real it's ridiculous that the game show fandom, even in 2023, when I'm recording this, is going, ew, actors as hosts, we want hosts that are hosts, when Bud Collier has done the show, and he was the hallmark for it. Uh, then later on, Jack Nars would be doing the show, and everyone knows Nars is, should be in the Hall of Fame of Game Show hosts. He can practically do everything. Um, then you have uh, Gene Wood. Yes, that Gene Wood from Supermarket Sweep. He hosted the, I put in air quotes, rebooted version in the 70s. And, of course, everyone remembers Monty Hall as the rebooted version in the 70s because of that, what I call uh, elementary school font. I don't know what to call it. It just reminds me of elementary schools, that, that like, bolded, bubbly text. Uh, then in, 22, in 2002, Gary Kroger. Uh, Gary Kroger, the announcer for Whammy and uh, Saturday Night Live sketch comedian. One of the, I would say one of the more underrated Saturday Night Live stars out there. Uh, he hosted Beat the Clock, and then uh, Ricky Lake did that one off, uh, Bingham Marathon, and then uh, Paul Costable did it for the uh, reboot in 2018 on Discovery Family, and they're and they're all very different. And I, oh, I'm overwhelming myself right now. <clears throat> so we'll start with this, the classic edition. I'm gonna say the classic era. So, in the classic era, we're going to say it's the Sylvania. I'm going to call it the Sylvania format. Because when I think Beat the Clock, I think the black and white Sylvania format. In this version of the show, uh, there are three challenges to compete. Com compete complete. Uh, so, the first one uh, is for $50, I believe. No, $100. And then if you get that, you get the $200, and then it's the jackpot. Uh, so if you complete the challenge, you go up to the next one, you, and if you fail, you still get where you left off. So every safety net is a safety net, and 100 bucks back then is still a shitload of money. I am I, not one to go, hey, let me just do the calculations real quick, but I'm going to say that's like 5000 to $10,000 in today's money. So hey, easy reboot idea. <clears throat> um, 
they're not playing against each other, they're playing against the house, or quite literally, the clock. In this format, they are given a stunt that they have to complete, sometimes as an individual, sometimes as a pair. Typically speaking, what happens is the first game is a pairs, the second's an individual, and the third is played with the wife. It's always a husband-wife, or, or a couple, a male-female. Uh, because this was the 60s, and you gotta get, you know, you gotta think that kind of household rhetoric of uh, people who were veterans and, uh, uh, you know, the the kind of people working in service, the kind of people that would have been the kind of contestants you would see, family people. So we're gonna say husband wife, uh, and if it's not gonna be the individual to the double, it'll be inverted. Once a single, the second's the double, and then the third's the wife challenge. And what happens is it's a little physical challenge stunt. So, like, for 100 bucks, uh, you see we have these shoes, and I need you to kick the shoe into the bucket. If you can get both of the shoes into the bucket within, bloop, 55 seconds, you beat the clock and you get $100. And then they do the challenge. There is no timer. Well, I mean, there is a timer, but there's no, like, music. It's just the, the metronome going... That kind of thing, uh, which builds some tension. Uh, if they complete, they beat the clock, yay. Sometimes what happens is if they complete very fast, hey, I'll give you a bonus if you get another pair in or you pop another balloon. You don't lose anything for going for it, so just try again. And things like that would happen. <clears throat> Once they get the $100 challenge, then it's the $200 challenge. Sometimes it's a pair, and that's one of those messier challenges, like get the cream pie in your husband's face or something. Um or uh, the, the spray bottle into it. Uh, one of the fa my favorite ones back in the early days was uh, they had to, the husband was basically wearing a raincoat and they had to basically use their mouth to pull a string and dump fake snow, fake and then rain until they find the little sunshine. And it's like this little crappy cardboard sun. One of those is one of my favorites because it's just a luck, but it's also very funny because it's slapsticky. I love it when it's a little slapsticky because it's very cool. It basically is the bottle flip challenge before bottle flip was all the rage. Anyway, uh, <laughs> after the $200 challenge, they get to do uh, the bonus puzzle. And it basically is like one of those like well-known proverbs or sayings. So it's like a stitch in time saves nine. One of those. And all the words are rotated. So it's like nine saves live. And the... Wife has like to beat the clock by rotating it around. If they are complete, not only do they get the two hundred dollars, they win a Sylvania television. Yay! And if not, well, it's okay. You won money, and you have a consolation prize of some nice Sylvania light bulbs and appliances. Uh, of course, if they were they had kids, the kids would get uh, a a doll or a camera, because you know boys love photography, girls like dolls. Even if they're five. Uh, <laughs> so, one moment during the entire episode, and remember, it's like a half-hour show. Sometimes they, they break into an hour if it's a big stage production. Uh, the alarm will sound, and that's the jackpot stunt. We stop the game as it is, and for $500, you have the most difficult challenge to complete. If you can complete this most difficult stunt, you win the $500. If not... The money grows each week until it is won. Uh, I think it's 500 and then it goes up 100. So it goes 600, 700, 800, 
and so on. Uh, until I, I think like it, it either gets retired when they get give up or when it's like 2000. Near the end of the original version, they tried to do all sorts of different challenges. Like, let's do a super, super stun, and let's do a super prize, like a car. Let's do $10,000. Because at the time, you know, you're, you've been on the air for like nine years, the ratings started slipping because everybody knows how the game works. So it's near the kind of end. And we'll straight, and we'll go to the uh, urban legend that comes from this era. Because a lot of these are little challenges that were really difficult to beat and, and stuff to try and do, of course, like any game show, you would have to test these challenges out. So what they did at Goods and Tommen was they hired a few out-of-work actors and uh, friends and family to come to the studio and play the stunts to see, like, oh, do we need to do two or three? Can it be done in 50 seconds? Does it need 55? Or can it be done in 40? And we would try and gauge it. And one such was a young 21-year-old James Dean. Yes, good, bad, and the ugly zone, James Dean. The famous, hunky boy toy himself, the James Dean. This is before he became James Dean that every cowboy know, yeehaw knows nowadays. But uh, apparently, according to the urban legends... Now, it's true that he was a stunt tester. The urban legend aspect is that he was so good at the challenges. Like, he was really good at throwing balls and, and tossing things and flipping things and balancing things on stuff that they had to let him go because he was so good they couldn't really gauge average people playing him. I don't know if that's true or not, but I can confirm the James Dean aspect of it. Uh, to me, that's what makes it such a very fun thing is... Even back then, there was game testing, and you never know the kind of people who become big celebrities. And I think just the fact a game tester became one of the most well-known Hollywood actors of all time is, is a credit to the show. Uh, so, to me, that's one of my favorite parts about Beat the Clock. Uh, the original version uh, ended in 61, and we'll say that was the end. That's the end of this era. Uh, then they did a syndicated version in 69 to 74, uh, in Broadway's little theater. Uh, it was, I think, done in Montreal to save money, uh, and it would basically be playing the game just a little bit different. And in the 60s and so on was the celebrity era. You have a couple against another couple, and there's a celebrity, and if you beat the clock, you get 25 points. And if you fail, uh, the 25 points goes to the other team. First to get 100 wins, a bonus prize. Additionally, for beating the clock, you have to pick a letter from beat the clock, B-A-T-T-H-E-C-L-O-C-K. So you have basically a 1 out of 10 chance to win some bonus money. Most of the time was 25 bucks, but there was 50 100 and $200. So it's a little cheesier than that. Uh, if you can beat the clock in half the time, they can try it again for another 50 bucks. There's many times for 5 10 or $20 each time, basically different at each point. At some point, there was a solo stunt that the celebrity would do uh, to win 50 bucks. You have to correctly think if the star could beat the clock or will the clock beat them. And that would be the, the second, I would say the first reboot version of it. Uh, this would be basically syndicated through 20th Century Fox. Uh, and they had this little, like, beat-the-clock jacket. That I, that's the only thing I remember, was Jack Norris had a beat-the-clock jacket, kind of like what ABC Sports had back in the day. 
Uh, and <laughs> I don't know if that's real wiki. But in the apparently, I'm going to just read this just because it's funny. Uh, during the first season in Canada at the cash board, the couple picked the Allen clock as their first choice because it undersides uh, the letter tiles. Uh, they completely blank it because of an inadvertent blooper because then it says beat the cock. Uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I like how the wiki is trying to say an inadvertent profanity referring to male genitalia and sadomasochism. Yeah, you just punch yourself in the dick. That's what it means. Um, therefore, the undersides of each tile could be a duplicate of a corresponding letter to prevent from it ever happening again. Sure. <laughs> All right, Gene Wood in 72 hosted the show. Uh, they kind of rebooted as the new Beat the Clock. Uh, similar things would happen this time. I think that was when they decided to uh, move it uh, to, I think that was Montreal season, uh, <clears throat> and in that version, they went back to the old format where a couple plays two challenges and then takes a seat. Uh, then we move on. We'll move on to the all-new Beat the Clock, 79. Uh, this one is the first two rounds. Uh, the couples played it over 500 bucks for the winner. Uh, and then they would play again for 500 bucks, and then we'd do the bonus shuffle. Bone shuffles the thing everyone remembers from the 70s. There's a giant shuffleboard, and they move a disc uh, and basically have to get closest to the edge without going over. Some nice edge play. Anywhere from $300 to $1,000 in $100 increments. And whoever got the most would have three discs, I believe, and the other would have two discs. Uh, you can, of course, whoever had the most discs would get to bonk the other player out of the game. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And whoever had the uh, most money on the bonus shuffle would play the bonus stunt for ten times the amount, um, and that would be it. Uh, <clears throat> a stunt would remain the bonus stunt until a couple completed it, and that would be the bonus bonus round, which is starts at ten thousand, goes up a thousand, up to twenty five thousand dollars, because that was how games were played back in the day. Then, like every game show, they decide to do a celebrity edition to try and raise the stakes, which usually kills the show. Uh, it's an all-celebrity format, and all the celebrity stars went with the rooting section, so in, now like Tattletales, the red team gets the red section, green team gets the green section. Both green sections will be seen on camera. Stunts are worth half price or two fifty. The win team could leave the bonus stunt. Thousand dollars went to their ruining section. While the remaining money went to their favorite charity. Both stars remain for the week. Both uh, they would change team colors every day. In case of a tie going in a bonus shuffle, the coin toss determined who went first. Theoretically, the most money a team could win for the ruining section was three thousand dollars and nine thousand to the charity. I did not like that version. I've only seen one episode. Now let's get to the one that I remember the most, and that is Gary Kroger's edition, 2002. They filmed that at Nickelodeon Studios in Hall in Florida, the Florida version of Nick Studios. Yes, there were game shows filmed at Nick Studios that weren't the Nick game shows, Beat the Clock being one of them. Uh, there were three couples playing, not two like in the 70s, and not one like the original, a red, gold, and blue. Um, basically, all three couples faced off in the stunt, it, like almost like a on-the-markets-that-go physical challenge, like double dare. Uh, whoever completes the stunt first gets 10 points, any advantage of gaining to play a 30-second solo stunt first. 
Uh, the winners of the opening stunt were shown three items on a tray by Julian, and they get to determine what the stunts were. Uh, first team assigned the stunts to the opposing couples and themselves. Each couple in turn gets the 30-second stunt. Uh, if you complete the stunt on... And you get bonus 10 if you answer trivia question. It's a two-part question. If they both get right, 10 seconds will be added. Making the 30-second stunt a 40-second stunt. If they complete the Beat the Clock Challenge, they get 10 points plus one second for every point that they have. Then they would do a face-off stunt. Whoever had the, the, according to the score, a couple in first place gets an advantage. Second place gets the mill. Third gets a disadvantage. And this was an elimination stunt, where the first two couples to compete advance to round three, while the couple in last place get eliminated and get parting gifts. In this final round, one stunt was played two minutes in the starting lock, and they basically have to bid the note, but with the stunt. So they get to beat the clock. So basically, I can do this challenge in one minute, 40 seconds. I can do this in one minute, 30 seconds. I can do it in one minute, 20. All right, beat the clock. And this would be kind of like a multi-part challenge. If the couple can beat the clock in the time limit, they win the show, and they go on to the bonus round. If they fail, the other team, by default, goes on to the bonus round. I kind of like that that's kind of the uh, Hailmaker kind of challenge, um, as it's sort of like a cool stunt. But what I just loved is that they did the Swirling Whirlwind of Cash and Prizes. That's what it's called, the bonus round. I always called it just the Whirlwind. The Swirling Whirlwind of Cash and Prizes. I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. The Swirling Whirlwind of Cash and Prizes, which was over $25,000 in cash prizes, 60 seconds grab as many cash and prize vouchers as they could. They can only grab what is in the air, uh, nothing on the ground, but they could kick it up into the fan uh, if they think it'll give them better luck. Each time they grab the cash and prizes, the partner had to stick them in the male partner's little baggie Around the waist, almost right at the crotch. It's very funny. When time ran out, the team that put their hands in the air let go any money in their hands, and they had to leave the swirling whirlwind of cash and prizes. Anything that was put in the bag was theirs to keep. The host usually throws some extra money and vouchers at the beginning. Like, hey, you know, there's some blenders, and a, hey, a trip to Hawaii. Later in the one, several gold certificates added to the machine and if the couple picked up, the cash they grabbed would have been doubled. If the couple someone picked up more than one, only one was counted. The Swirling Whirlwind was previously used in the finale of Diamond Head Game. Well, no, that's not true, uh, Wiki. Uh, the Diamond Head Game uh, Swirling Whirlwind was just to build the pot. You had to grab the right dollar bill. And it was like a $100 bill, a $10,000 bill, a $100 bill. But if you got, I think, like the $1 bill, you would lose it. So it, it, no, no, no. That is, you only get one bill, and you and and Bob would have to just try and bail you out. Like it's like like a let's make a deal challenge. This you just get whatever you get, which is why I kind of like it because it's like a classic game show trope of here's the money box, go grab the money. I kind of like that as the bonus round. That's kind of why I wanted to get to it. Is I love the fucking money box everywhere. So I want to just take a break real quick from beat the clock stunts. One of the biggest game show tropes that I keep seeing that never really happens is the money box. Everyone says that that's like a format in a game show, is you go into the money box and you grab the money in the box. I can only count maybe like four or five game shows in the history of game shows that I have seen where that is actually the case, where you're in a box and you grab money. 
uh, Diamond Head game, Grab a Grand from Noel's House Party, Beat the Clock, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, the Crystal Maze somewhat has that, but it's a much bigger version of it. And, um, what was it? The, um, I think that, what was it? The, uh, the, the, uh, I was gonna say let's make a deal, but I, I'm gonna draw a blank on that fifth one. Uh, point is that that doesn't really happen in game shows, but everyone associates them with game shows, especially if you're like a, a Chuck E. Cheese in that ticket grabber thing. Uh, but Match Game Reboot in the 2000s with Gary Kroger, it, that's your bonus round. You've beaten the clock. This is your prize round. How much did you win? Let's find out. Uh, there's a pilot. Eh. I, I will get to my version at the end. Uh, apparently, you can win up to $50,000 in the pilot. Uh, and apparently a focus special. There was eight teams and they would play like a normal episode, and then there would be a swirling whirlwind for $100,000. Uh, but Game Show Marathon 2006, Ricky Lake. Uh, celebrities would play a stunt as a team. Time limit of 60 seconds. Other team would play the same stunt. Uh, the team who did the fastest would play it again for six seconds. Like, it's one of those. I, I thought it was okay. They did a version on Buzzer, and when I mean Buzzer, I mean the YouTube channel, which I thought was... Eh, shit. It sucked. Um, Elliot Morgan was the host. Remember Elliot Morgan from YouTube? Uh, three rounds in total. There's a captain's challenge, because it's teams of three. 50-second stunt. Whoever finished first, one time was up, won five points. Then in packs, you get to choose which challenge you want, this one or the other one. Uh, then there would be a head-to-head -head challenge, and whoever scores 10 points plus 1, whoever had the most points wins, and it was like a tournament structure. Let's go to Beat the Clock, the 2018 version. <clears throat> In this version, uh, it was hosted by New York Live's Paul Constable on iHeartRadio. Farouk from BattleBots, and The Noise was the announcer for the show. Uh, anyway, uh, if they win this game, $1,000 donation goes to a charity, but they can also win up to, I think, like $3,000 or so. No, 2000 sorry. <clears throat> two teams of two kids, sometimes one kid and an adult, one dressed in purple, one dressed in green, compete in three rounds of stunts. First of 100, second worth 150, third and finals worth 300, for a total of 550. That's less fucking money than the fucking 60s edition of Beat the Clock. Both contestants get to keep the cash, but the team with the most money at the end of round three wins the game and goes on to try and beat the clock for $2,000. Now, the team has one minute to perform four-part stunt. Uh, if they complete all four, they get $2,000 and $1,000 to your favorite charity. That means the grand prize is $2,550. You can watch this version on Peacock TV. I, I, I doubt it. I'm going to take a look. All right, time to go to... Oh, hey, Five Nights at Freddy's. All right, Peacock. Beat the Clock. All right. Beat the Clock is not on Peacock. Who, who fucking lied? Maybe it's on Tubi. I don't know. It's it's not there. It's, it's not there, folks. They lied to you. It's not there. Uh, so, so anyway, that's kind of how Beat the Clock works. Um, the last version I saw, I thought it, it was okay, but it had a very dark set, 
it it had a lot of purple, not purple, maroon, that that pinkish kind of color, and I, I I thought it was okay to reboot the show, but and even as a kids version, it makes sense because Double Dare, Physical Challenges, which we explained earlier, but it I maybe it's just me. Hear me out here. Memento when it came out around like two thousand seven, two thousand eight, the Guy Fieri version. Now let's go everybody out on the floor. Uh is that kind of modernized beat the clock. And you see a lot of people do minute to win it challenges now at, at, at like churches and stuff. They do the Oreo thing and, and all sorts of different variants of put a ping pong ball into a cup. That that's kind of when you see a physical challenge game show, they think minute to win it now, not beat the clock, which is kind of sad because I think beat the clock is one of the best game shows around. I think this version, you know, it's a kid's game show. I think it's a little cheap to have it be so low. I understand budgets and game shows and stuff, but to me, I think if you're going to do a kid's game show like this, uh, I, I think you should just do a classic edition to beat the clock. Uh, to me, I don't... You're doing kid's edition, maybe do it like... You have to either go like the 70s model, or you're going to have to try and make it like the the Kroger edition, and then just have like, the final stunt is for a fucking PlayStation or something. Like, it's something like that. Because having it be like 2550 it's very fucking cheap. I think of all the variants of this show, and that includes the original edition, that is the lowest budgeted version to beat the clock. And I'm even including Buzzers, YouTube version on that, where they don't even give away prizes. They just have a tournament structure. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous in my mind to do something like that. <laughs> like, what? What's wrong with this? It's budget. It's also a kid's channel, and it's on extended cable. No one watches that shit. But Beat the Clock is, to me, the hallmark stunt-based game show. This is the game, the, the funny physical challenge show people watched before uh, Minute to Win It. And it even had a really creepy intro with the, like, the people laughing in your face. Ha ha ha, because it's a comedy show. Um, I, I To me, Beat the Clock is the ideal stunt-based game show, but no one's really tried to do a version of it now. When when they want to do a version of Beat the Clock nowadays, it's a team-based show, like the 70s, or the 2000s, or this modern reboot, or even the game show Marathon. And I get it. That's the fastest way to do the show. I get it. No, it makes total sense. However, if you're asking me, Joran, me, the reviewer, the best version is Bud Collier's edition. I think the way to do Beat the Clock is a little bit different than those editions. Here's the easiest, I'm knocking on wood here, the easiest way to do the show. Hey, you know how, like, You Bet Your Life existed and it's like $5,000 is the grand prize? That's all you gotta fucking do is do something like that, but as Beat the Clock. And you can even make something even cooler if you want to go full Jordan in this. So, you are a couple. 
And you play with a couple. You play with best friends. You play as a team. And because it's modern, you can go all sorts of variants on how this couple works. Are they roommates? Are they a gay couple? It doesn't fucking matter. So, it's a one. It's a team against the clock. And it's just like classic Bud Coyers beat the clock. If you want to do my version, the first challenges were $5,000. The second challenges were $10,000. And the third challenge is worth $25,000 or $20,000. And for every time it is not completed, $5,000 is added until somebody beats the clock. And you just keep going from there. If you're doing a primetime version, maybe make it $50,000 or $25,000, something like that. If we're going to do into that uh, Fox syndicated route, $1,000, $2,000, $5,000 with $1,000 every time it's not one. And it just grows from there. And you just have people complete the challenges. If they beat the clock, they get the money. If not, the clock beats them. Oh, well. If you want to be even more nice, uh, the first challenge is worth $2,000. The third challenge is worth $5,000. And the jackpot is worth $10,000. And it goes up 1000 every time it's not won. If they fail on stage one, they still get $1,000 in thanks for being on the show. Hey, easy peasy. Hey, easy peasy. Because get this. Then if they fail, you just get the next couple and you just repeat from there. Well, they didn't get to the beat the clock final, so we're adding $1,000. And we'll get to the next contestant to beat the clock. And oh, they didn't beat the clock. Oh, this one's another $1,000. And you just keep going from there. Five nights a week. Until that third and final challenge is completed. Because all you got to do is just do three stunts in a couple in the same kind of 40 seconds, 45 seconds, 50, 55 seconds, and you're good. You can even do the full minute if you want to. You can have it be cool little, uh, like, uh, uh, little curtains to display, like, a little set. But you don't have to do the little rotate the, the stunt thing and everybody gets a chance at the jackpot challenge. You just have to do one mini stunt, one bigger stunt, and then one grand stunt that is impossible. And that's it. Because that's all people want in Beat the Clock. One that's like a simple minute to win it, bounce the ping pong ball game. One that maybe has like a little set, like, um, hey, uh, we made this like fake uh, New York street and there's a fire hydrant. Put the hula hoop into the fire hydrant. And then you get to your big final stunt, and it's the impossible plate stacking game or something. And you just go from there. Like, it's not rocket science how to make beat the clock. You just throw money at easy challenges, and you see the slapstick nature of the game. If it was me, one is on the center stage, very simple, that feels like you can do at home. The second one is more grander. It has a little mini set with behind the curtain for the contestants to do. And then the mega stunt is played on center stage again, but it's a super challenging stunt. Not like super coin, but like super challenging, mind you. And that's worth like $30,000 or so. And oh, you didn't win, but that's okay. You won $5,000, thanks for playing. We keep fucking moving on and you just keep moving into the show. In fact, you can even, even if this is a prime time game show that goes on for a full hour, you could do what they do on fucking Beat the Clock back in the day and not even bookend it. You could even go, 
oh, we'll see how they do next time on Beat the Clock. It doesn't matter because there's that re- that growing jackpot at the end of the show. It'll keep people going because maybe eventually somebody will do it. And now it'll be a good payoff for the audience who keeps watching at home and knows that challenge. That's what you want in a game show. It's not hard. So, um, that's my final take on Beat the Clock. I love the stunts on Beat the Clock. I think, to me, (laughs) I would have loved to have been, like, the stunt creator for a lot of these challenges, because that's the kind of weird ring-tossy kind of thought process I have. But at the same time, it's a challenging game show, because it, it... it never really stood the test of time in any of its other reboots, the 70s, the 2000s, and so on. If you want to ask my thoughts on that, well, here here's what I think. One, the 70s edition did work because it's slapsticky nature, and it had Monty Hall do it, so it was a classic game show. However, it ran its course pretty much because of the 80s game shows and a lot of the challenges that came with making game shows. Uh, I think that's how you end up just like ending a game show. Is you run out of ideas, it just doesn't stand the test of time. So when the nineteen eighty rolls around, eh, it, it's sort of the same reason like Jeopardy ran a business. We ran out of time slots. We're gonna try a new game show. We're done. When it came to the two uh, thousands Gary Kroger era, while it was very fun. This was on PAX most of the time that I remember seeing it. And that's on the same place that was Supermarket Sweep and Shop Till You Drop. And in that weird 2000s game show world, while I appreciate its bright, colorful set, the scoring mechanism I didn't like. I I just, to me, I only watched the last stunt and I watched the whirlwind. Because those were the actual fun things. Everything was going on at the same time that I couldn't really pay attention that much to the stunts. It didn't feel like beat the clock. It felt like beat the other contestants. And I just don't want beat the other contestants. I want beat the clock. I think the last reboot was okay. I love the multi-part stunts, especially ones that were themed like the backyard barbecue. You had to throw a burger onto the grill. You had to put on an apron. You had to put some... On your hat. Things like that work very fun. But for such a low price on extended cable, I just... It felt like, what's the point? You're not going to get the traction on YouTube for this. And they tried that to put it on YouTube, and it didn't work. The idea for Beat the Clock, I think, in a modern angle is you do an outrageous challenge, but not stupid, that will get people talking on social media akin to a family feud stunt. But you want to try something that's silly enough or doable enough that you can see it be done on YouTube. Like, this is the spit the marshmallow into a cup or uh, find the rubber duck in a weird bowl. Something like that. So that's how I would do it. Just, you know, it's the simplicity of Beat the Clock that is the reason I really enjoy this little game show. From its early beginnings and its little tiny set to this massive weird thing, I think you can reboot this show so many times. It's kind of the hallmark game show that would lead to things like Fear Factor and Double Dare and pretty much anything else that you can think of that involves doing a wacky stunt 
in order to win a prize. Uh, for me, I think this is the show that could be rebooted the most, even if it doesn't work out. As long as you try and make it so it's about the contestants and not the games, and so you can have it be fun. I think for me and my idea, you have to make the first one easy to do at home, the second one being big props or something very silly, like smashing plates. Something a little you can't do at home because challenge. And then you do your big money super stunt. <coughs> That's how I would do it. Because it's simplicity is what makes it work. I think having to add contestants and points, it just sort of takes away from the game. It just sort of becomes more of a sport and I get it. Do you want to have like a team versus team thing? But I think it's just it's faster and easier to just kind of have it be about the contestants against the house. But you don't want to make it super serious money. You don't want to make it a million dollars like minute to win it. You want to make it like fun money, like a car money for it to work. Uh, <clears throat> for me, that's why I like Beat the Clock so much. The variety of challenges, the silliness of the games. It's likable hosts, so many different aspects of the thing, plus a big-ass clock. And who doesn't love big clocks? Anyway, that's going to be it for this very, very short uh, episode of Game Shows, I suppose, Beat the Clock Edition. Eventually, I will try and recreate one of these game shows and see how it goes. But as you can tell from my voice, it's running out. <sighs> I'm going to need some water, I'm going to need a nap, I'm going to need all sorts of things, and hopefully I'll see you again sometime in the future for another great game show, I suppose. Until next time, big smooch. Mwah!